Man, welcome back, you guys. Listen, last week was radical, man. We talked about the Holy Spirit of God descending, it, descending like a dove and, and alighting upon Jesus. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in which I am well pleased. Listen, Lord, we come before you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. We ask that you pave the way now. Guide this study in your name, Jesus. Amen. Welcome back to Growing in His Word. And... Man, I want to tell you guys that this is the actual first temptation that Jesus Christ had in Matthew chapter 4. And we know this because we see that in the Bible, Jesus here in chapter 3 was baptized. Remember, John was the forerunner for Jesus. And we talked about that last week. But we, what I wanted to talk about was how Jesus allowed him to baptize him because he wanted to show the world that what John was doing about his public ministry was just awesome. And Jesus was well pleased with it. And Jesus wanted everybody to go out there and just spread the word, man. This is what we were made for. But a lot of a lot of non-believers think, oh no, here they come again. Here comes the the the, the Christians. Uh, and back then they said the same thing. Here comes the way. Remember in the book of Acts, Paul was preaching the gospel everywhere and and you know you've seen the apostles you know out there on the ground for jesus and they would say oh oh, here comes the way you know because jesus said i am the way the truth and the light and so they they nicknamed him the way here comes the way let's run i don't want to stop drinking my beer (laughs) i don't want to stop drinking my beer and partying and being this and that oh you're judging me listen this is what's going on in chapter 4, the temptation is here. And we're not talking about beer with Jesus. We're talking about something bigger. Because Jesus allowed, God allowed his son to be tempted, but not to give in to this temptation and sin. Because he wanted to show us that he was a, a partaker. Listen, isn't it funny that in last week's message, Jesus just got baptized. And in this message... He's going to get tempted. Wow. It's almost like Satan seen him getting baptized and he's like, "Okay, yeah, let me let me let me try to let me try to trip up this guy so he won't die for you guys on the cross. Let me try to kill it before it starts. Let me try to kill the message before it gets out of the mouth." And see, this is what the devil's doing right now. He's trying to deceive Satan Satan's trying to deceive Jesus and he's trying to take him up to this 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 high mountain. Okay, and so he wants Jesus to he wants to try to destroy Jesus's ministry before it even gets started. Okay, so he tries to tempt him three times. He tempts him in chapter four, verse one, and he in and then in verse five he he does it again, and he does it in verse eight. And so here we can see how believers and non-believers, but mostly believers, get tempted. And it's not the temptation that we give it. It's not the, the, the actual part of being tempted is what we got to watch out for. It's giving in to the temptation. It's giving in to the sin. It's giving in to the, the uh, problems that we, you know, it's accepting what Satan puts in our minds. We got to be careful. What is it? What is that sin that we struggle with as believers in Jesus Christ? What is it? Money? Pride? Envious? Jealousy? 
<laughs> Put your name there and say, Lord, take it away from me because it's not mine. It's from the devil. Look, we live for a certain amount of time on this earth and that's it. Our time's up. God's going to say, what have you done with my son? It's that simple. But here we see, and we see right here in Matthew chapter 4, we see, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward, he was hungry. You may think, well, what, what, is the, what, did, God, what did the devil do to him? Well, you try fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. It's almost like, wow, you'll see what happens to you. It's almost like starving to death. He was so hungry that, that and he was trying to fast, okay, See, Jesus was about his father's business. He even said it when he was a child, when his mother was looking for him in the temple. He was caught. He was found in the temple at nearly 12 years old. And he told her, he said, listen, he said, don't you know, mother, Emma in Hebrew, I'm about my father's business. So here's the temptation. Jesus was so hungry. And listen to verse four, it says, but he answered and said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But before that, he told Jesus, he said, now when the tempter came, notice when it says the tempter came to him. Okay, he's going to come to you. He's going to come to me. And he does come to me often because I'm a pastor. He always tries to come to me. And when he comes to you, he says, listen to this. He wants you to uh, try to move you. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will allow us believers to, to not, not fall into temptation, but to be in a situation where it's there and we see it and God wants to see how we deal with it. That, that's really what I believe. And here we can see how how... Jesus says, but he answered and said, it's written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Okay, so so here's the deal. Listen, it's written, it says, Jesus' response is to all three temptations was a quote, the word of God showing his followers the power of scripture, scriptures in battling the evil one. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13, it'll show you. But there was nothing morally wrong with him turning these stones into bread. And that's what he's going to do. Listen, there's nothing wrong with it. Listen to this. Okay? But Satan was tempting Jesus to do a miracle outside of the Father's will. And that's why, that explains why Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 8.3. Okay? Because bread alone does not sustain life. But ultimately, God is the one who sustains all life. And it's our responsibility, believers, to trust God and remain in his will. Because if we're outside his will, Satan will come and he will tempt us. We've got to be in the will of Jesus, believers. Listen to me, man. It's important. This is the radical part because this is where Jesus is, is the Godhead. Listen, this is where this is where it demonstrates all this. You know, it, it, God in the last chapter, when I was showing you it, you know, in verse in chapter three, when we finished, it said, it said, and, and, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in which I am well pleased. Listen to this. 
This is a reference to Psalm 2-7. And, it's, and it implies that others heard the voice of the Father in, in whom I am well pleased. It recalls the prophecy of Isaiah. Okay? And it's, it's, it, it's Matthew 3-16, right? It's, it's, it demonstrates in, in uh, it, it's existence of all three persons. It's the Godhead. And so here we have the Father's delight in him and the Spirit's desire to glorify Christ. It's What it is, man, is Satan is trying to rattle the cage of Jesus because he knows Jesus is 100% man and, one, and he knows he's 100% God. And so, you know, it's like I'll go out sometimes at a restaurant or I'll do this or that. And then, you know, they, they always have these specials, man. It's a... Uh, Hey, it's happy hour. <laughs> you can get a beer for a, for a quarter. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want a beer. Come on, it's on us, man. Where'd that come from? It's like, you know, I struggle with alcohol. That's why I, I don't drink. <laughs> so I, I go to a restaurant and you could like, it's almost like you could smell the wine in the air. And it's like, the devil's just like telling me, oh, just one drink. Come on, man. It's like, remember that? That Nemo cartoon, man, where that shark was like, mm, you know, man, he wanted that blood. He smelled that blood. Ooh, this tastes good. That smells good. I'm like that guy, man, like Bruce. And he's like, no, man, let me have it. Just one drink, man. I'm like, no, man, I, want, I can't do it. <laughs> so here we can see how the devil tries to creep up on you and make you want to do things that you don't want to do, man. <laughs> and Jesus was, he, Jesus suffered. But he was showing the world and the disciples and the ministry that, hey, you're going to go through it, man. You're going to get tempted to steal at your work. You're going to get tempted to want to do drugs. You're going to get tempted to do whatever it is that leads you away from Jesus, man. And that's not what we're, we were made for. Okay? And even the devil will try to make you throw yourself down from a mountain. He wanted the devil, the devil wanted Jesus to whack himself. And we know that that's not biblical. We know that that's not what God wants us to do. We were made to love others and serve others and be about the Father's business, not hurt ourselves. The Bible says you're sinning against God if you hurt yourself. God has much more for you, man. God has so much for you that you don't even know. Look what he did to Jesus, the devil. If he's doing it to Jesus, what's he going to do to you? Listen. But Christ will give us that power to say, I stand in you, Lord Jesus, and I stand in you alone. And I know that you will never, ever leave me nor forsake me. Listen, believers. Verse 5 says, verse 4 says, But he answered and said, It's written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He's claiming to be God now. Jesus is. Then the devil took him up into the holy city on the high pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from it is written. Listen to this. For, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Listen, believers. Remember, Jesus is he's, he's, he's remaining in his father's will. <laughs> you know, he's, he could destroy him right there. But he wants, he, he know, there's this is all planned, man. Listen, before this even happens, the devil's trying to destroy Jesus' ministry. 
Listen. We'll get into the dash your foot and bear you up lest you dash your foot in the stone. We see. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because, you know, and it's not funny. But it is, but it's not. It's one of those things where if you don't know what's going on, you could be easily slaughtered away from whatever, spiritually wise. We have to be careful because God loves everybody. Jesus Christ loves everybody. He wants everybody to have a relationship with him. Jesus Christ rebuked the devil for asking for worship uh, for, for, for worship, a temptation to do exactly the opposite of what every Israelite was called upon to do. Look at Deuteronomy 6.13. We see how Deuteronomy 6.16 emphasizes that one should not test God. And the Lord asked the Israelites to put him to the test in only one area. And that was tithing. By giving, him, by, by giving to him, they could test whether, whether he would fulfill his promise to bless them. And that's Malachi 3. That's not for these rotten pastors to get on there and say, Malachi 3, give me your money. Jesus doesn't want your money. Jesus don't care about your money. Look at the widow and the mite. She had more faith because she gave out abundantly out of her heart. Believers, listen to me. Pastors out there preaching the Malachi 3, get on your knees and repent. Jesus Christ loves a joyful giver. He doesn't like a giver that's like, I got to give. I'm going to go to hell. I, mean, I was at, the, church, I was at the, uh, uh, the shopping center the other day, man. I'm not going to say which one because I don't want to get sued. And the lady was in there and she's like, I go, praise the Lord. My wife told her, hey, you want to go to church? Or not, or whatever it is. Ah, this vicious, this vicious, like, animal voice came at her. Turn away from me. All you want is my money and tithing money. And this is what they display. I asked another guy if he wanted to come to church. He said, I don't have enough money. I'm sorry. What do you mean you don't have enough money? Yeah, the pastor's told me, you know, Malachi 3, if I don't go to church, I'm robbing God. And I'm going to be cursed. What a filthy lie. What a filthy, rotten, disgusting lie. There's just so much in this chapter, man. And so let's just move on. Again, and again, verse 8 says, the devil took him up. Listen. On an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you will just fall down and worship me. Oh, okay. Oh, sure. He's trying to get Jesus right after he's baptized. Remember that? He didn't have to get baptized, by the way. He did it to show the public that he, he's down for the ministry. Okay? No, seriously. Then Jesus said to him, What are you smoking, Satan? I'm just kidding. I added that. No, he said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. <laughs> then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Listen, if you're feeling tempted, cry out to Jesus. Even the min, even the in, check this out. Even the devil left him. The devil left him because he has power. Remember, Job. Job was attacked hardcore, and Satan even came to God and asked God, "I bet you I can get 
Job to curse you. And Job, and God said, yeah, you're, you're on a good one, man. There's just no way. But if you touch him, if you I'll let you try to do it. But if you touch him, I'll kill you. God told Satan, I will kill you. And he didn't touch him. He touched his family. Believers, listen to this. God, Jesus is God, but Satan had to ask God if he could mess with Job. And God protected Job because he was, it was God's righteous in Job that was what Satan was trying to tear up. Listen, believers, I know you're going through it. I know the world's going through it. I see it. I'm never going back to church. I see it, man. I, 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 I hear it. I feel it. I see it. I get it. But don't go to church for the man. Don't go to church for, for, for you know, men to fail you and women. Go to church for God. Work out your own salvation. Listen, Jesus wants to bless you. Serve. Go to church and serve and say, praise the Lord. I'm going to serve. I'm going to I'll do whatever I can do. I mean, I'll, I'll scrub toilets. I'll park cars. I mean, I did it. I never, and I, you know, I never wanted to preach. It's God gave, did God put it on my plate, man. And the burden was light. But believers, verse 10 says, then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and, and him only you shall serve. He said, away with you. He didn't say, repent, bro, and come back to the fold. No, he said, get out of here. Leave. You're nasty. I hate you. Don't come back here. That's the only person God hates. That's the devil. Remember that. Verse 11 says, Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. And so, having rejected Satan's offer of bread and you know, assistance from angels in earthly kingdoms, Jesus was immediately visited by angels who helped him. And... You know, Matthew, it, it, um, it um, omits the incident reported in Luke but of Jesus' rejection in his, in his hometown. But, but Matthew indicates that in, in Capernaum, uh, you know, it was at the northern end of the Sea of Galilee and became Jesus' home and base of operation. And this is where Jesus begins his ministry. Listen, believers, listen. So we're going to struggle. Look, believers, we're going to struggle, man. We're going to have that day where we just don't want to serve. But get in the word of God. Satan wants to deceive us. Get into the word of God and pray. Lord Jesus, strengthen me. Forgive me. Help me. I suck. I can't do it on my own. There's victory in the cross. There's victory in Jesus. Believers, listen. Christ rebuked the devil for asking for worship. A temptation, like I told you earlier, to do exactly the opposite of what every uh, person, you know, we have those, those. look it, in Greek, tempted means pirazo. It's the word means to try or to make proof. And when, and when ascribed to God in, in his dealings with people, it means no more than, than this. Solicit, provoke, to sin. Hence, the name is given to wicked one in the passage is the tempter. And accordingly, accordingly, to be tempted here is to be understood both ways. The spirit conducted Jesus into the wilderness to try his faith. But the agent, listen to this, but the agent in this trial was the wicked one who, 
whose object was to seduce Jesus away from the allegiance to God. This was temptation in the bad sense of the term, yet Jesus did not give in to temptation. He passed the test. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.21 and Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26. It says, For such a high priest was fitting for us, who was holy, harmless, undefiled, separated from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily at those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. For the law, listen, for the law points as high priests, men who have weakness, but the word of the oath which came after the law appoints the son who has been perfected forever. Wow. Wow, that's Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26. Listen, I'm excited because Jesus is going to begin his ministry now in verse 12, and you are going to begin yours. And Satan wants to destroy it. He wants to slap you before you even be able to get up off the ground. This is what he's trying to do with Jesus. He knows Jesus is beautiful, perfect, awesome. The Holy Spirit is with him. The Holy Spirit is precious. The Holy Spirit is powerful. The Holy Spirit is beautiful. The Holy Spirit is radical awesome. Oh, I love you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we love you, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, now and teach your word in Jesus' name. Verse 12 says, Now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, yeah, John got put in prison. <laughs> Why? Because he was doing the work of the Lord. And this is what happens. There's so many prisoners in prison that's innocent. I've been there. I've seen it. Not as a prisoner, but as a pastor. Oh, you got sidetracked. The devil tempted you. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> They're letting them out now. They're starting to see through evidence and scientific DNA stuff. Satan attacks. But prisoners repent and they move on in life and they become successful. Look at some of your governors. Sorry. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> but verse 13 says, In leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum. I like, I love Capernaum. Some, some people say Capernaum. It's, it's Capernaum, which is by the sea. And listen to this, in the regions of Zebulun. And Naphtali. Naphtali is one of the tribes, one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse 14 says, That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Verse 15, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Listen, The people who sat in the darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Isn't that radical? We're going to get into God's ministry now. I am so excited, believers. It's like, here we go, man. Here comes Jesus. He's, now he's going to call his first disciple. And I want you to read Mark chapter 1, verse 16 to 20. No takers. And Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee. I love the Sea of Galilee, actually. I love it. I used to jet ski in it. 
and, and, you know, it's fun there because you see all the tourists, you know, they come and they, they get excited, man. And they're like, you know, I don't know how many times tourists have asked me, hey, Yos, where was Jesus walking on the water? Where would, where did he cast the nets? And, you know, it's like, I'm like, come on over here. Let me show you, man. They get People get excited and you should be. But Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, and called Peter and Andrew his brother. They were casting the net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. You know, Jesus wasn't talking about the fish. He was talking about humans. He was going to catch humans. Refer to the fish as humans. Jesus is out to catch fish. That's why we put a little fish as a sign of a, a, a you know messianic or or a, you know a Christian sign. It's the fish. Listen. They immediately left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and the son, and and John his brother, and in the boat with Zebedee, their father mending their nets. He called them. And immediately, listen to this. They left the boat and their father, and they followed him. It's amazing. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and and they brought to him all the sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and and he healed them. And great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from and Decapolis and Jesus Jerusalem and Judea and beyond the Jordan. It's funny because you turn on the knee, on the new, on the TV sometimes and you see all these false teachers and pastors. They got these people in wheelchairs and they slap on the oil and they get out of the wheelchair and they walk. It's so fraud. Don't 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 pay no money. Don't pay no mind to that fraud. Jesus can heal and he does heal when he wants to heal. And I know I'm going to get letters again. How dare you underestimate the power of God? Dude, get on it, bro. Look, this is a one-time deal. And it does happen. Yes, I've seen it. I worked in a hospital, believe it or not. And I've seen these type of miracles. But not by some hunky-dory famous pastor on TV preaching, you know, healing and all this fame for money. Here you notice it says Jesus was famous. Listen, then Jesus' fame went through all Syria. Not all through type, not through uh, TBN. It went through Jesus' fame. Jesus' channel. This is the channel of Jesus. And yes, we have the and they, we do have the power today to heal. Christ can use us to touch people with oil. The Bible says the elders will strike oil on their foreheads and heal them. But not to pay people that are fake and phony wheelchairs to come up to make money on TV. Believers don't believe that. Don't do it. I don't want to see. And the reason why I say this is I don't want you mad at God. When, when you break your legs and you can't walk anymore. And you go to a church and they don't heal you. I don't want you to be misled. These, these the ones are the, are, the, are, the, are blessed are the poor. Those are the, those are the ones. The, the, see... You know, this is what it's about, being blessed by God. The Greek word is, is revived from the root mak, which means large. It's, 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 it means fortunate or happy. And a lot of people, 
think they're going to get healed. But here Jesus did this to show that he was the Messiah and that he can do the miracles. Not us. And there were demon-possessed epileptic people in there. And Jesus healed them also. He healed these people to show his new disciples that he picked up that he is the Messiah. He's telling them, hey, come here. I'm going to make you fishermen of me. And so great multitudes followed him in verse 25 from Galilee and from Decapolis. Or you could say Decapolis. It's in you know, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. And so he went out. And he was, he was, he did it. He lived it. It's amazing. Jesus, you know, the multitudes were, were, were found at the beginning and the end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to see the Beatitudes next week and, Luke, and, and also in Luke 6.20. But right now, I, I just want to pray, man. And listen, Father, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you for growing in this word. We're done, Lord, right now. We're done with Matthew chapter 4. What a radical chapter. We're, what a radical day. Lord, when we get tempted, Father, by the devil, we know that only conviction is by you, Lord. You convict us to not want to drink or smoke or do drugs or be, be living a sinful lifestyle. It's you in us, Father, that convicts us. So, Lord, I pray that believers out there understand that there's a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. And, Lord, we cry out now that non-believers and believers find that thirst, that, that hunger for your word, Lord, so that they can come to you, Lord, and know that you will be them with them no matter what happens father we know that you lord are the power lord you are everything father and we thank you because you can redeem us and we thank you for redeeming us lord we pray right now for non-believers to come to you lord jesus we ask this in your name amen listen god bless you guys man and well let, let thank you for logging on to growing in his word listen man Growing in His Word is powered by the Holy Spirit and led by Jesus or led by the Holy Spirit and powered by Jesus. They're all the same. I switch them up every week to show you that the Father is the Son and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> God bless you guys, man. And remember, Jesus loves you and so do we.